Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, we last uploaded on Monday, I believe, so this will be just before a week uh, before we upload again. But there's been so many trades that have happened in the past couple days, we count 10 of them that we're out to talk about, that we figured it would be smart to do a pre- and post-deadline podcast. So this is the pre, breaking down everything that has happened before roughly 6 p.m. Eastern on Friday night. Um, we got... 10 trades to talk about and then i don't know we'll see what else if that doesn't take long it might be a shorter episode than usual but and then on some time early next week we will be looking at a bunch of the other ones that happened on saturday sunday and monday so i don't know with so many names gone i don't know how how busy monday will actually be but yeah because monday didn't look like it was going to be busy to begin with and now it feels like every defenseman has been traded yeah exactly Like, like it's uh yeah, Monday there was well maybe not not busy, but there just wasn't too many big names, and we've already seen some of the bigger names like yeah. Kreider and Pajot were probably the two biggest, and Ottawa's not even sure they want to get rid of Pajot, which is hilarious. Yeah, which we can get to in a, in a little bit, but um, yeah. So with that being said, we'll get right into a pair of trades the New Jersey Devils made. Let's make a smaller. Let's start with a smaller one. Andy Green, their captain, which I think a lot of people often forget about. I didn't even know Andy Green was a person half the time, but or I didn't remember that he was a person half the time. Um, he got traded to the New York Islanders for a second-round draft pick. Uh, pretty high price for a guy who, he's fine, I guess, but like... I'd rather have a second-round pick than Andy Green. Yeah, I mean, New York really leaning into the defensive first mold. Uh, he doesn't provide much offense, but he doesn't let m- too much up when he's on the ice either. Uh, yeah. But a pretty steep price to pay if you're New York. Yeah, like, it's not the end of the world. It's a second-round pick next year, but I wouldn't be particularly happy if my team made this move. kind of reminds me of, like, the defensive version of the Leafs trading for Brian Boyle. Yeah. Or just, like, I don't know. Like, it's not going to kill you, but it kind of sucks to have to do. He's not that good. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I don't know. It. I, I don't have much... Con- like, I just... I, I don't know... It's Lou Lamorello's guy, right, obviously, so, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. But, uh, like, a second-round pick? Was anyone else out there looking for Andy Green? Like, like, was there that big of a market that you had to give up a second-round pick? He's like a veteran leader, big guy who kills penalties, so maybe, but, like, I can't imagine there's a bidding war for Andy Green. Yeah, exactly. Even, the Islanders aren't even that good. No, like, they're outside of a playoff spot as we're recording, which makes this look even worse to me. Yeah, like it's the Metro's so tight right now that it's like four points separates like the Flyers to the Islanders or whatever. So four teams looking yeah. for three playoff spots, plus Florida's in there and Toronto as well. But uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't know. I, I get we didn't have a lot of faith in the Islanders last year heading into the playoffs, and they swept the Penguins and then got swept in round two, but. Like, if they even get in in a wild card, I don't really have a ton of faith for this team, right? Like No, I'm not picking them. The Penguins look way better this year than they did last year, and either of the Bruins or Lightning, if they're in a wild card, are going to kill them. I'm picking them in, like, five games if they yeah. end up with one of the Bruins or Lightning and in even the first if they, round. they face the Capitals, I don't have much more faith than that either. Like No, they're not a better team than anyone currently ahead of them, and there's eight teams ahead of them. Maybe they're better than the Blue Jackets, but, like... Yeah, that's about it. But they're not playing the Blue Jackets, so no. it doesn't even matter. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's, like... 
I don't know, like, I get... I think the one thing I saw from Islanders fans where they kind of accepted that this isn't going to be... Like, you just kind of... The one thing I saw was, like, you have to just kind of do what you can with this core because rightfully or wrongfully they're locked into this core and it might not be the best thing in the world, but just take shots while you can. But this wouldn't be my shot if I had to take it. That's the thing. Like, this doesn't move the needle for you. It's not a shot. It's just lighting a second-round pick on fire for a number, what, four defense? Five, maybe? Like... Yeah, like yeah, he's, I guess he'll play four. He's terrible. No, like, like it's fine. It's just like the, even if that pick is the forty fifth overall pick, I'd probably rather have that than yeah, hundred percent. Twenty five games of Andy Green, so that didn't really make sense for the Devils. I thought it was smart though. Like yeah, I really like it for the Devils. I thought the Devils. I thought like, selling's really easy. Yes, but I think I think we both thought they whiffed on the Taylor Hall trade given. You know, it wasn't like they got a first and a fine prospect, but I think they got more for. Like it, Coleman, uh, yeah, I don't. Was it, there was a third I think in there for the, uh, um, the hall, the hall one. Oh, as that well. could become a second. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Maybe not, but like it's close. It was enough. alarmingly close. It's close enough that it's like what, what on earth? So yeah. let's get to the Blake Coleman deal here. Um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning send their first round pick and uh, which foot brother was it? Uh, one second, Cal. Uh, Blake and Nolan Foot. There, so last year's first round pick. Does uh, Tampa Bay have both foots, or did they? Have yeah, both they they foots? do have both okay. foots. Yeah, um, but so they said Nolan Foot and a first round pick in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one is the Vancouver pick that they got for uh, J T Miller in the summer. So if Vancouver misses the playoffs, I believe, or is it top ten protected? It's either if they miss the playoffs, it goes to next year. If it's top ten protected, it's one of those two. It, but it's kind of looking like I think Vancouver, without unless the wheels absolutely fall off the bus, will probably make the playoffs. But you never know. It's pretty tight out there, I guess, too. It's tight enough. Their odds are like, let's see, by Michael Blake McCurdy, they have a 82% chance of making the playoffs. So Yeah, I say it, I think things would really have to fall apart. But And we'll get into uh, Vancouver in a second. But yeah, so it's their pick. So it's probably more than likely um, that it's a first-rounder this year. Yeah, it's probably what, like a... 20th? Yeah, something, somewhere around there. Between like 15 and 22 probably. Something like in that. In that range. Um, yeah, so if, if the Canucks do not make the playoffs this year, then it goes to next year instead. Yeah. So they either get this year's first or next year's first uh, from Vancouver. Uh, this is a big price to pay for the Lightning. Yeah, I thought Blake Coleman was going to be one of those guys where he goes for like a second round pick and I'm like, wow, I really like this deal for that team. Because Blake Coleman is a really, really good hockey player and he's cheap with another year left. Yeah, he kind of thought, like, I just thought he was going to be underrated. And there's another name that got moved today that I kind of thought like that, too. But, again, we'll get into that deal. Um, Yeah, like, with Coleman, like, I get why Tampa did it. I I don't think it, it's a big price to pay if you're Tampa, but you get a cost-controlled asset for one more year, and they have some big salary cap problems coming up, so. Him making 1.8 next year is huge. They're going to have, yeah, they're going to have to shed some salary this summer, and he's going to, it's kind of like the JT Miller thing, right? And he'll be the guy who steps up to replace that whatever hole they fill or they have to trade away in the top nine. So. Yeah, if they're dumping Palat or someone like that, then at least you know Blake Coleman can hang anywhere in your top six, even on your first line, as long as he's not carrying, which of course he's not going to be on Tampa Bay. Exactly. So, like, I, I think it's at least cl- It's probably fair value. Uh, I don't know, like, I don't know yeah. much much about Flip. From what I hear, he's a very solid prospect. He was he's, in the World Juniors this year. and Yeah, from more than I understand, he's good, but not, like... He's not elite or anything like no. that, but he's, like, he should... Is, I mean, his potential is definitely NHL player caliber, so... He seems to be better than 
the prospects that usually get moved in these trades. Yeah, for sure. For especially for the name Blake Coleman, which I can guarantee most a lot of non-hardcore hockey fans probably didn't know. Yeah, like if you're not a hardcore fan, I could see how you could look at this and be like, "Wow, congratulations to the Devils," which I think they did do. A good oh, job. I, I like, think they job. absolutely won here. I think Tampa. It makes sense from both sides. I think the Devils are the bigger winners, be just because of what they're doing. But I mean. When you're Tampa, you're not worried about the next four years, which in four years from now is probably when you're worried about that first-round pick. Well, I mean, it's not even their pick either. And they still have all of their picks for this year except for their fifth. Yeah, So, and and that's what the benefit of the JT Miller trade was, and that's how I couldn't believe they got an actual asset off of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I thought it it makes sense for Tampa. He kind of seems like a perfect fit for Tampa. He'll be able to slide in the top nine already and probably take a bigger role next year as well. I would think so. Um, the cost control is huge, and I believe he's an RFA. No, he's a UFA. He goes right now, to UFA. I thought he was going to be an RFA too, but he's older than I expected. He's, I think, 26 right now. 28. 28? Jeez, yeah, so he is older. So, But still, I think it's a pretty solid trade. But yeah, if you're New Jersey, I think you got to be really happy with this. Um, I know they whiffed on the Hall trade earlier this season, but they're now up to three first-round picks. Yeah. Uh, no second this year, but they have because of the Subban trade, but they have an, a second for next year now. So originally they didn't have their second, they didn't have their third, and they didn't have next year's second. They've now worked back so that they have three first-rounders this year, two fourth-rounders this year, two third-rounders next year, and a second-rounder next yeah. year. Or maybe two second-rounders It might next be two year. seconds next year. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, you got to be pretty happy if you are... Uh, a New Jersey fan right now? Yeah, and the Simmons trade might be yet to come too. Oh pick yeah, up another pick. Uh, by by all accounts, there Simmons will be on the move at this deadline. That's probably um, your second or third back. I would think. I would I would guess so. Yeah, probably a third round pick or something like that. I don't, yeah, I don't know how much name value Simmons still has around the league. Seems like his star has fallen, but oh a lot. He still seems yeah. like the kind of dude that NHL GMs love enough. That... Well, Vancouver's all over him, so that should tell you something right there that it might be uh, a little bit of an overpay, but we'll see. Um, yeah, and then, you know, other guys that might move. Um, there's not too many names. Subban's still been rumored if they want to eat salary that maybe they could find a team for that, but uh, I don't I don't know about that necessarily. I would explore that at very least. Yes, I definitely would too, especially uh, it depends on your owner too, right? Sammy Vatnin was another name that might have been moved, but he's on IR right now, so. Yeah. Um, if he's he, been rumored to the Leafs, I guess. Yeah, he's been rumored to a bunch. Of, I feel like everyone's been rumored to the Leafs at this point. True. And Sam, Sammy Vatnin was even rumored to every team in the league back when he was in Anaheim. So. Yeah. Um, I know Andrew Berkshire was on the PDO cast, and he was saying he wanted to see Sammy Vatnin move to a couple different teams because he thinks that he definitely has something to show more than uh, what he's maybe shown in New Jersey. So Yeah, he hasn't been very good there. No. Um but yeah, I think if you're the Devils, you have to be pretty... Considering how bleak the season was looking at first, it's at least looking... And even after the Hall trade, it's at least looking a little more optimistic now. Yeah. Three first-round picks in this year's draft. Three first-round picks in a stacked draft is... Good. And yeah. one of the... Like, the Devils pick could be the first overall... I was going to say, it should be top five yeah. at this point. Like, unless three teams jump them. But they're, I think they're third last in the league or four, yeah, maybe fourth. Fourth last yeah. in the league, so top five pick. Exactly. Chances are. Yeah, around there anyway, so that's yeah. pretty good. And... The, you know, the Arizona and uh, Arizona's top three protected, but, you know, they're praying that Arizona falls out of the playoffs a little bit, so that pick's like 15th or 13th overall or whatever. Yeah. That would be another that solid be pick. And yeah. then... The Canucks shouldn't go too far in the playoffs. You wouldn't think. I mean, the Pacific is pretty weak. It we talked about weak. this last week, but, like, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say they'd probably get put out in the first round. Maybe. Depends who they match up. Maybe well, second. Right now they're, but, stacked, they're set to get Edmonton, so, like, maybe they make the second round. Yeah. But. 
they're not. It's not going to be like the thirty-first overall pick. No, it absolutely should not be. Anyways, no. I would be absolutely shocked. Me too. Uh, that would be some kind of bender. Jacob Markstrom would have to go on. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Canucks, though, let's get to Tyler Toffoli. The Toffoli trade they made with the L.A. Kings. Um, this was a. So right after this was announced, it was announced Brock Besser will be done for the rest of the regular season, about eight weeks. So that's a huge loss. So not sure maybe if they're trying to replace him a little bit or they. That's totally what they're trying to do, right? I would assume so. Or they're just they know they were loading up for depth anyway. So um, the Vancouver Canucks sent Tim Schaller, who is more of a cap dump than anything yeah. else, roster spot uh, yeah. probably. Tyler Madden, who's a decent prospect and a twenty twenty second round pick. And a 2020, 2022 conditional draft pick to the LA Kings for Tyler Toffoli, who's on the last uh, year of his deal. Um, a big price to pay, but I mean, this seems more like a deadline deal that I'm used to, I guess. Yeah, Toffoli's really good. I would like this deal for any team that I thought was good. Yeah. I just don't think the Canucks are good, so I don't really like it for them. Yeah, the uh, the... The um sorry the uh the thing on the pick from 2022 is if Tyler Toffoli resigns with the Vancouver Canucks, uh then it is a fourth round pick. Oh okay. So if he doesn't resign, which I doubt he will be, it's not. So it'll just be a second Tyler Madden and Tim Schaller. Yeah, like it's a it's not an un. I saw a lot of people really outraged. I would be pissed off because I don't think the Canucks are good, and therefore they shouldn't be buying. Well, but like, that's the thing. It's the like, price itself is fine. Even if you want to say the Canucks are fine, it's like, this just isn't the... Like, I get the Pacific's wide open, but I don't know. Like, is this the team when Queen... Like, I, I don't, I'm so torn on it because it's like, so often I like... Like, I was really a uh, someone who thought that the Toronto Maple Leafs should have took full advantage of Matthews and Marner and Elander being on their ELCs and really tried to push for it. Yeah. And that's kind of where Vancouver is with Pedersen and Hughes, and they're going to be in a cap crunch because of their own doing with contracts like Tyler Myers and stuff like that. Yeah, Benning signs. So it's like, do you want to go for it now? But it's like, I don't know. Like, this team still isn't... They're fine. I think they're okay. I think they have good goaltending. I think they have key players in both forward and defense, which is important for playoffs. But, like, again, they'd be my sixth favorite team in the West right now, probably. They're going to be... There's 16 teams in the playoffs. They're going to be, like, the 14th best team in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's like, is this really... I Like, I would have been fine if it was, like, a fourth and a fifth or something like yeah. that. Obviously, you're not probably just not going to get a player of Tyler Toffoli's caliber for that. But you now don't have your first-round pick this year. You don't have... Or you, maybe you do, but you won't have it next year. You don't have your second-round pick this year. And you just got rid of Tyler Madden, who, by all accounts, is a fine prospect. Like, his, I think his... People think he's going to be a second- or third-line center, which... Obviously, that probably isn't going to come back to absolutely kill you, but for one or for 25 games and what could be six or seven ga- playoff game experiences, is that really what you want to be giving yeah, exactly. up? Exactly. And like Jim Benning does so many terrible things to this team, except he's the quote unquote draft god, even though nerd Twitter would have told you to pick his two biggest hits, but that's yeah, beside well, that's the point. A, yeah. But now this draft god doesn't have his first and second round pick this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he has depth picks either. Like, I could see if the. Like, if you, like, so what Toronto's doing is they have three sixth, three seventh round picks, and they are just betting on the fact that, uh... Find more Pierre Engvall. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, the value of a sixth round pick isn't that much different than the value of a third or whatever, right? They're really trying to test that. If that's what Vancouver was doing, I'd be fine with it, but, like... But they just have their... They just have picks in round three through seven. Yeah, and not not extra picks, yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know, like, it's, uh... 
Uh, yeah, I don't... I think the Toffoli pickup is fine. Like, I think the price in a vacuum, if you're just looking at it, not taking in any context is fine. Like, if you told me the Golden Knights made this trade, I would be like, only a second for Toffoli, that's fantastic. Yeah, a second and a B-level prospect. Yeah, you tell me the Penguins make this trade, the Capitals, the Bruins, the Lightning. A team that I actually thought was good making this trade, I'd be like, this was fantastic. Bye, Toffoli's great. A second-round pick isn't a ton. I thought Toffoli would have got a first. Yeah. And Not bad, it's but. just, it's yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's fine. I mean, it's just you look at this team and they have some names, but they're not there yet. It's just as simple as that. I think. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I'm fine with you wanting to try and push your pieces in, but Hughes and Pedersen both have another year left on their ELC. That's the other thing. Their ELCs aren't done yet. Yeah, and it's not like. Like, I don't know, so I was always a big proponent of pushing when you had Matthews and Marner in their ELC because Matthews and Marner were, like, top 10 and top 30 forwards or whatever you want to call it in their second and third years. Like, I love Pedersen, but is he a top 10 player already in the league? Uh, He might be close, but I don't think he's as good as Matthews was. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm I'm not even going to try and compare Marner to Hughes because that's forward to defense. But it's the same thing. Like, I love Queen Hughes. Marner would probably also have more maybe wins above replacement than Hughes at the same time. I don't really know how you would make that comparison. Toronto also had guys like Nylander. They had Tavares in the second year now. They had, you know, just a whole bunch of other guys. Like, I don't know, Vancouver. The team around them was just way better. Yeah. Morgan Riley is better than... Any, any non-Quinn Hughes defense yeah, on the like, roster. Yeah, like, Tanev is fine, but when he's probably... Him and Stetcher were your second and third best defensemen. Yeah, like, I think if Tanev was 25-year-old Chris Tanev, yeah. it looks a lot different. But, but it's 30-year-old Chris Tanev. It's not. Like, I don't know. I like Tanner Pearson, but... He's fine. That's not your... That's not someone that should be on your second line. You'd be like, oh, yeah, we're making we're the big playoff push here. I don't know. Like, yeah, like Horvat's really good, but he's not like... He's not John Tavares. No, he's not a game-breaking center or anything like that. No, exactly. So it's like, I don't know. Like I Probably if I was Vancouver and you wanted to try and take advantage of the ELC, I would have waited an extra year to see what the team was looking like next year. Agreed. Unless they're really worried about Markstrom. Possibly. Yeah, like I don't know if they'll be I able guess. to bring him back. Because they are in a, in a, they will be in a cap crunch thanks to that brutal Tyler Myers contract. Which yep. who could have seen that being bad? But and Edler making six million next year. Yeah, I say they between Edler and Myers, they have twelve million dollars wrapped up in those two, and they're gonna need to re-sign Vertanen, who won't be super expensive, but expensive enough. Like he'll be, he'll be a couple million. He'll yeah. probably get a raise off his one point two five right now, you know. And then uh, you'll have at least four point six of Toffoli coming off the books again, but. Like, I don't, I just, I don't, they have so much, they already have almost $32 million tied into their forwards, and they have $15 million tied into their defensemen. Yeah, plus uh, some money on IR and yeah. buried and bought it. I say, yeah, and that's without Brock Besser, $6 million on IR, Furland's 3.5. Now, Furland's is a little scary, you don't like to see this, but he, he tried returning in the AHL from his concussion last week and had concussion symptoms in the first game he played, so that's not good. Yeah, but, that's sad. You know, you don't want to see that. But, yeah, Brock Besser eventually is going to come back. That adds another almost $6 million right there, so now you're up to almost getting close to $40 million for the forwards alone. Like, you're going to have 30 ish million to work with probably next year, but you have to re-sign or get 
eight players and a goalie, your starting goaltender? They're already only projected to have 18 million in cap space next year. Oh, geez. With 13 rosters. Because they got a lot of, like, recapture penalties. Oh, yeah. The Luongo one as well. I totally forgot about that, actually. Yeah, and they the got a lot of... Ryan like, Spooner buyout as well. Excess trash on their cap sheet. So Ben Bershey's buried still right now for almost $2.5 million. So, yeah, I don't know. If I was Vancouver, I probably would have waited. Um, yeah, to, I don't like this at all. No, I, I don't think it's the right call. I mean, I get the division's wide open, but... Even then, I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess it would, you know, and the, the other thing I guess I should say in Benning's defense is, by all accounts, this was a lot of pressure coming from the ownership, too. Would you hear all the time about the Canucks? Yeah, I say the Aquilinis are uh, sick and tired of not making playoffs for six years or whatever it's been, and they want some home playoff revenue. And if ownership's really down your throat, then it's not like they overpaid for a player of Toffoli's caliber, at least. But. Yeah. Um, for LA, I, again, I, I like this trade a lot. They got uh, a L- lot of picks. LA's put themselves in a pretty good spot now, too. Uh, we'll get to the Martinez trade in a second as well. And from what I read, they already have an amazing prospect pool. Yeah, well, Gabe Velarde came back last night and scored he his scored first, first goal, first shot, first shift. That was really cool to see. Those are always cool stories. Yeah, I mean, after especially after, like, a career, almost a career-ending injury that they thought they had. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, LA's problem is just going to be the Doughty and Kopitar contracts, and you know, and the D- Dustin Brown, Quick, Jeff Carter. That's going to be tying them up for a couple of years. But I think there's a realistic future in you know two or three seasons after you know maybe another season or two of losing, where these guys are starting to look on the up and up again, and yeah, you're going to have some boat anchors of contracts. But I think by that time, you're just either going to have to hope they get well, not hope they get hurt, but you know, you can either find something to do with them or a team to take them or the cap has risen substantial so ways, right? Because, I mean, I don't know. Like, they have, they don't have pieces on their roster right now. But, yeah, if they're uh, prospect pool, I mean, Velarde was supposed to be a really good player. I'm, I'm still really excited to see what he can do. Me too. Um, Rasmus Kupari is another really yeah, good-looking ex- name. Yeah, exactly. They got, and they've just kind of been building some guys up, right? Akil Thomas is in their system as well. Yeah. He looked really good this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so, but you look at their draft picks, and from this trade, they got the second, and now Tyler Madden as well, who, again, might only be a second or third line center, but that's not a bad thing to have for yeah. a guy who's expiring and you weren't going to keep anyways. Yeah, um, even if he's a bottom six forward, that's somebody's yeah. got to play there. I know they're probably a little disappointed they didn't have a first round pick, but or an extra first round pick for this year, but they have their first, their sec, they have all their picks, but then they also have. Two extra seconds, an extra third, an extra fourth, an extra second next year. And if Jack Campbell wins, I think, two or three more games now, they'll have an extra third next yeah. year as well. Oh, there's no way they don't end up with that Leafs third. Yeah, right? so um, I, it's uh, good Good on the Kings. Uh, it's slow and it sucks, but uh, there, I think there's absolutely a case in a couple years where they're back on the up and up, where they, they're looking good again. Because, I mean, you got to take care of the contract stuff, but even... In th- you know in three seasons when you know you're hoping they're getting good again and they have all their ELCs, Brown and Carter should be off the books by then. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and th- let's get into the Martinez trade right on it too. It kind of feeds in the same spot. Um, I thought they did very well for themselves here. Uh, they got two second round picks. They did much better here than Toffoli because Martinez, unlike Toffoli, is not good. Yes. Um, so. I guess having an extra year, even when you're bad, is a good thing for teams picking you yeah. up. But. Um, I Apparently. will get to this from Vegas' standpoint, but yeah, from uh, the Kings, I don't really know how you can complain at all. Like, No, you cannot from the Kings' perspective. I yeah. think if you're, again, much like if you're a Devils fan, I think if you're a Kings fan, you've got to be really happy with uh, 
Rob, is it Rob Blake is the GM now? I believe so. Yeah, but the work he's done, I mean, I thought the Jack Campbell trade was great for them. Yep. Well, that made total sense. The Martinez trade was amazing, and I thought the Toffoli trade was fair value. So Yeah, they're a bad team that's amassed picks, Yeah, and that's all you can really do. Exactly. So, yeah, they got a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick um, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Martinez has an extra year left on his deal, and I believe it's at $4 Four million. million. Um, Martinez isn't good. <laughs> no, I would have loved to see Vegas be in on Dylan DeMello or something yeah. like that. Well, and so the weirdest part was, was for all, like, like the whole time it was, Vegas was rumored to be in on puck-moving defensemen. Yeah. Martinez is not a puck-moving defenseman. No, he's not, he's not a boat anchor or anything, but he's just not... It's not someone you should be giving two picks up and a $4 million price tag when you're already in cap trouble for next year, too. No, like, I'm not even sure he makes the team better. Yeah, like, I don't... I don't know. It's maybe a little bit, So is he going to play the second pair? Probably give Schmidt, Theodore, Theodore. Martinez, McNabb, I guess? He's probably an upgrade over someone like Derek England, but again, that's just yeah. a, a big price to pay for an upgrade over Derek England. Well, that's the thing. You can find people better than Derek England for a lot cheaper than that. Yeah, I mean, like, he's just he's just kind of a guy. Like, this season he just hasn't had... He's He's been slightly below replacement in Corsi against per 60. Um, he's actually been stronger this year than in the past couple. Yeah, I would say... Which would be worrisome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, I guess buying high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Count mean, on his age curve peaking at 32. When you look at the last three, it's he's been a negative defensive player and a slightly negative offensive player. So who's fine on the power play, but I don't think Vegas really needs a power play quarterback. No, you're not. Not $4 million at, anyways. You're, so. you're not getting 32-year-old Alec Martinez to anchor yeah. your second power play unit or whatever. Yeah, so I would have like, much rather have seen Vegas... Uh, you know, go for DeMello or even Brendan Dillon or someone like that. Yeah, there's better players than Martinez out there. I think even Scandella probably would have been a better option. Oh, I'm not, 100%. I'm not, like, super high on Scandella, but I think any of the three guys that went in the exact same day would have been a better choice. Yeah, unless they're enamored with his leadership since he was on those cup teams or something. I, yeah, I don't know. I would be highly skeptical of, but it's like I'm trying to justify it from Vegas's perspective. What's stupid is that Vegas still has picks from the uh, expansion draft. Yeah, don't they have Pittsburgh second this year because yeah. of that? So, I mean, they're still... Their their pick uh, page is definitely looking more empty than it ever has been. But they have their first, they have Pittsburgh second, they have New Jersey and their own third, and then fifth, sixth, and seventh this year. Uh, next year, they don't have their own third, but they have New Jersey second, and they have... A conditional fourth right now from Winnipeg for the trade. I guess we'll get into real quick. Cody Eakins went to Winnipeg today for a fourth-round pick that can turn into a third-round pick if Winnipeg makes the playoffs or re-signs Tyler or Tyler Eakin, Cody Eakin before July fifth. So Cody Eakin is also bad. Yeah. So this was a, a win, I guess, for Vegas. Yeah. He's also bad and expensive, which is a terrible combo. Yeah. So they got rid of um, some cap space, or they they got some cap space for themselves if they really want to make another move. Yeah, I'm surprised. Cody Eakin strikes me as the kind of guy that you would have had to give stuff up to well, get rid of his contract. That's what their one beat reporter was saying. He's like, I'm shocked that they didn't have to give something up. But yeah. to get an asset of any kind back in return, especially a mid-round pick like this, is great. Yeah, now because of it, they have $6 bucks in deadline cap space. Exactly. So you can go out and make another big splash if you wanted to look at 
maybe something else for your back end or say Chris Kreider or so, even like someone like that. Yeah, if you right? want to double down on forwards, maybe. Yeah, so um, it should be interesting. Yeah, I don't really like the Martinez trade, but, you know, the Eakin one, it's fine. They have some picks still. They have Buffalo's fifth in 2022 for some reason. Yeah, that's weird. I don't even I don't even know why. Cap friendly won't even let me click on it. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Uh, for Winnipeg, I don't really know what they're doing either. Um no. It's at least a strand of trades we can get into because we'll get into their first trade of the week. But I just, that doesn't make much. I get they, like, they've had some injuries this year. Little's out and, you know, a couple of other guys have been out. But, like, why? Why him? Yeah, like, Cody Eakin isn't good. No. He's been, like, replacement level-ish. And, like, if you wanted to pick him up as, like, Maybe you got even a sixth round pick with him or something like that. Yeah, to be your fourth line. Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, we know he's going to be our fourth line. We got an asset with him, and we're just going to see if we can use him to be something. And if he's not, we'll just sit him or whatever. Like, I think that would be more acceptable. But don't be giving up a third round pick for this. Yeah, that was really dumb to me. But I like their other trade, Dylan Demello for a third round pick. That was great. Um, I'm mad about this as a Senators fan. Yeah, again, this was one of those trades where I don't think Winnipeg's like. They gave up way less value than the Sens should have got for Dylan DeMello, but I just don't really love that it was Winnipeg buying. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more okay with, like, a third-round pick if you want to, I don't know, reward the team or whatever you're going to do. Like, I don't really know. Reward Hellebuck, Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, and I mean, the thing thing I'm okay with buying is because it doesn't have to be short-term. You could re-up Dylan DeMello by, like, a three or three if they wanted to this, like, uh, the, this summer or even before the summer, right? Yeah, and the decor's a dumpster fire, so I would really like that if yeah, they re-sign him. Exactly. So it's like, that would be okay, I think. I guess, yeah. I, I was thinking he's coming at it from a pure rental, which might not yeah. be the case. I think maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, like... So, like, I, I think it's fine. I think Dylan DeMello, I've wrote about him. I've talked about him a lot. I think he's a very undervalued commodity. He doesn't put up any points, so he's not going to make any money on the market. Uh, he was a perfect partner for a guy like Thomas Chabot. Yeah, he was great one, there. One of the few people that they actually had, po- like, Chabot had positive impacts with. Because Morris, he's going to love having he, him as yes, a line mate. exactly. Yeah. So, instead of, I don't even know, Neil Pionk, no offense to him, or Tucker Pullman, I guess. He's the only, DeMello, I think so far, unless I'm forgetting a name, is the only defenseman where I would die on a hill that he is actually above average. Of all the ones that have moved. Probably, yeah. I mean, maybe Brendan Dillon, he's been... No, he's, he's probably just average. Dude. I could be talked into Brendan Dillon, but, like, I would be yeah. actually arguing that DeMello is good. Yes. Um. So it's a good thing we didn't do this trade, uh, do this podcast two days ago. I was I just had a six-hour road trip, and I just got to Ottawa, and I looked at my phone to see Dylan DeMello had been traded for a third-round pick. Um, so I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. This makes no goddamn sense for the Ottawa Senators. If you want to trade someone for a third, fourth, or fifth round pick, trade Tyler Ennis. Trade Ron Hainsey. Trade Mark Borowiecki for all I care. You can keep Boro too, but... Especially with the prices that teams have paid for terrible defensemen so far, you probably do better than most people would think for Hainsey. You're going to get a third for Hainsey, but you know what? Now the rumors are coming out that if they only get a third for Hainsey, they might not want to trade him. Are you on crack? Like, what are you doing? Like, trade Hainsey for a sixth. If it's offered. Yes, like veteran leadership, veteran leadership. What? Just sign him in the summer again. Yeah. That's what you did this summer. It's not hard to find veteran leadership. Yeah, or find another Ron Hainsey. Yes, exactly. You will look do. At, <laughs> look at how easy you get a Ron Hainsey when you just overpay him by a million and a half dollars. 
Even if it's in Ottawa, they're going to come to Ottawa. DJ Smith is by all means a likable coach. You can find leadership. This is the biggest thing that pisses me off. you got to have veterans on the team. Yes, you can sign them. It's not that hard. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not that, that hard. Difficult. There are like 10 Ron Hainsies in free agency yes. every year. They're going to keep Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who's literally doubling his career shooting percentage this year because they don't want to only get a second-round pick for him. Are you kidding me? And people are already trying to justify giving him a four-year, $4.5 per million dollar deal. You cannot be giving a guy you consider a third-line center when he's 27, $4.5 million. That has uh, Zach Smith yes. part two right Have you not learned over. anything from, like, not even the team, the fan base is falling. It's like, oh, he's great in the room. I don't care. <laughs> like, yes, I know. I, I have only good things to say about John Gabriel Pajot. But if you're skipping on an asset, especially like a conditional second that could turn into a first, and by all accounts, the market has been softer on Pajot. Fine. Whatever. But if you are not getting any assets for him, and then you're going to turn around and sign him at over three years, at over three or three and a half million, what are you doing? Oh, that would be freaking terrible. What are you doing? And like, they might not even want to trade like Ennis or Hainsey if you don't get a third for it. It's like, what? Like, you should have been signing these guys knowing that you were just going to dish them you off. You were going to dump them at the deadline. Yeah. Yes. Like, and right now, so they put Cody Gullibuff on waivers, who he's not a good, he's a he's a very bad player. But now you lost him, and now they have five active D on the roster. So now they have to figure out who to call up from Belleville, who's in the middle of a playoff push with all their young guys on it. I don't understand this team. Oh, if they, if they end up not selling plus re-signing Pacho, my God, that would be a complete failure. No, like, what are you, like, yeah. And I don't know if it's just apathy because no one cares anymore about Ottawa. Like, from the fan base, they just want this to be over with. But no one's probably seem, part of it. No one seems to care. Like, On the other, so you talked about veteran leadership and free agency. They have 11, like, they have, like, they have a lot of dead money or whatever, but they're going to have a ton of cap space next year. Yes. If you want to keep plugging these holes, you can do it in free agency. Do, you overpay everybody by 500 grand on one-year deals. Do what you did with Ron Hainsey this year. You gave him $3.5 million. No team should be giving Ron Hainsey no. at 38 years old $3.5 million. But you know why? It's fine because you didn't need the money. No, and you can trade. So, like somebody yeah. has to play, and then you can trade him yeah. at the deadline. and you can retain half his cap, so it'll be like with the dead, pro deadline rate or whatever, it'll be like a million, and any team can take him. Yep. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I've just been like, I've been beating the drum that they need to trade John Gabriel Pajot for weeks now, and I'm sure it looks like I just hate the dude. I don't. It's just when you have a guy who's literally shooting, he's shooting 18.5%. If you take this year's shooting percentage out, his career average is 9%. Beautiful. And you're going to sign You for, should be like, so happy when a player does that going into yes. free agency as and a like, bad team. And yes, he's a great role model to have. But you know who else was a great role model to have? Mark Stone. If you're going to keep a role model, keep he someone Mark like Stone. that. Yeah. Like, you know, vet, we need veterans in the room. You have Connor Brown. I know he's 26, but he's been playing in the year league for five years. You have Nikita Zaitsev. You know, you're stuck with him. He's been in the league for four yeah. years now. He's been playing professional hockey for who knows how long. Resign Tyler Ennis come, like, you know, in the summer or someone like Tyler Ennis. You have Bobby Ryan who's going to be coming back. You have Artem Anisimov. Like, you don't, it's not like you don't have veterans. Yeah, exactly. You're not throwing, they only have, uh, well, they called up Josh Norris, which is good to see. He's been lighting it up. Before they did that today, they had three guys under the age, sorry, they had one player under the age, or sorry, two players under the age of 23. Brady, Brady. Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Thomas Shabbat is 23. Yeah. Um, Colin White is 23. 23. Everyone else is over 23. Don't give me this, there's not enough veterans crap. Yeah, exactly. It's not like they're the 
They're, yeah, they're not all 22-year-olds no, just being thrown to the because wolves. they buried all their 22-year-olds in the minors because they weren't ready. And, yeah. like, fine, whatever. I don't really care about, like, I do care, but, like, if you want to say another half year of killing in the AHL is fine, cool, whatever. Like, I don't, that's fine. I'm sure it won't kill their development. Yeah. And the only thing is, their only really young guy that you would say playing on a bad team would be risking is with Tachuk. But, like, Tachuk's good enough to hang on a first line anyways. Yes. It's like it's not like you're stunting his growth having him here because there's not enough veterans on the team. Yeah, like, I just, he's already a leader on the team. Him and Shabbat are already leaders on this team. This yeah. is Shabbat's third year of pro hockey. In about two years, he's going to be considered a veteran himself. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I don't get this, oh, it's a young team. It's not a young team. They're, like, the eighth oldest team in the league right now. Yeah, like, it's it's not, like, the uh, like an archaic team or whatever, no. but they're not. They're not, like, and they have young pieces. Yeah. Like, they got guys like Balsers, Logan Brown will come up eventually, you know. Um, you know, they'll have whoever they get in this draft next year, too. But, like, it's, Alex Formenton's another guy. But, like, I don't know, like, I'm not saying trade every single, like, Keep Duclair. That's fine. Keep him. He's had a great year. Keep Connor Brown. And Duclair and Brown are RFAs. Yeah, exactly. So you have the rights. Keep Chris Tierney. Tierney. Like, I like just... I don't know. Like, I don't... I don't get it. I no, don't, I get, don't it. get it at all. And, like, so... And, so, back to the Dylan DeMello thing, because my rant took me way off topic here. How do you look at your damn defense core and say, Dylan is the guy we need to get rid of? If the market... The, you know, people have already come out and defend, oh, they were never, I've asked a bunch of team execs, they were never getting a second round pick for Dylan Mel. That's fine, then don't trade him. Yeah, or only trade him under the pretense that you know he's not re-signing. Yeah. If you're, like, yes, yes if, if, you know, they come out and they say we weren't going to get a deal with Dylan, but like, the thing was, Dylan DeMello, by all accounts, loved it in Ottawa. He yeah. loved their media team, he's always doing stuff with them. He always had a smile on his face. You know he wasn't going to get much on the open market. If you gave that guy a three by three contract, I can't see how we wouldn't take that. Yeah, and say he's good enough to get a three by three on the open market by anybody. Ottawa isn't his first choice. You're Ottawa. You can go three by three point eight. Yeah, or four, four and a half. Yeah, like, like it's because you. By the time you get four and a half, you're overpaying him a little bit. But you're, again, you're not going to need that cap space for two years. No, and he's good and enough he, that like you can pay him above market rate, and you're still getting his services cheaper than you probably should. Exactly. I just I don't understand. You know, obviously we'll leave to see what happens to Monday. But if we start recording on Monday or Tuesday or. Wednesday, I don't know. I have a couple exams next week, so... Yeah, I got a midterm on Tuesday. I say I got one Tuesday, Wednesday, so maybe it'll have to be Wednesday. But, you know, if whenever we're recording, we sit down and Ron Hainsey's still on this team, Tyler Ennis is still on this team, and John Gabriel Pajot is still on this team, it is going to be a field day for me. Oh, it'll be a complete failure for the Sens. Like, it's just... I get they have a lot of picks. They have two firsts this year, three seconds, three seconds next year, and two thirds this year. Why would you not give yourself more chances to get good players? And even if you don't want to draft, say you get, say you pick up another two more seconds or, or a second, a third, and a fourth or something like that for Ennis, Pajot, and Hainsey. And Nemestikov. Yeah, and Nemestikov's like getting dealt. He'll probably get a third or a fourth probably. But say you get four extra picks in second, third, fourth, whatever. If you, you obviously don't need to use all those guys. Use them to draft up or trade up. Yeah. Or, or trade back and recoup the fifth and or fourth and fifth rounds you don't have next year. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. It's just like or just maybe get another second for trading yes, back next exactly. year. Exactly. Like I know you have a lot of picks, but so you can always have more, and you should always be giving your worrying about future. Like if you just kept trading back, let's say you got, let's say you go into this year's draft with four second round picks, three third round picks, a fourth round pick, and 
a fourth next year or something. And you go, okay, we don't really need this second. Let's trade back for a sixth this year and a fourth next year. Or, you know, and maybe even something, I don't know what the value would be. But if you trade Most back... Most trades are tough to forecast, yes, but, but you can always get something. If you trade back to the point where you have the, you get two more picks next year, three more picks that are lower next year, now you're restocking your pool for if you need to go out and get a small acquisition next year. Yeah. If, you, if you have too many picks next year, do the same damn thing. There's always going to be people wanting to trade up. Just say, okay, yeah, we'll switch you our seventh this year for... Your sixth next year, your seventh next year, whatever, right? Yeah, now exactly. you have extra picks in next year's round, so that when you finally do need the picks to actually like try and complement the guys, you have stuff to use. Yeah, and it gives you because like the draft's a crapshoot, obviously, and it gives you room. If you have that much ammo, you can miss on half your picks and yeah, still be all right. Exactly. It's like, and I know you don't want to overcrowd your guy, your development team, but it's like you should be pulling some of these guys up anyways. Yeah. It's just and like too many good players is never a problem. No, like what team, like Tampa Bay. Has too many good players. Do you ever hear them complaining about it when they dish a guy out and then just immediately replace him with a new prospect? Yeah, they get first they get first round picks for JT Miller and then flip that into Blake Coleman so they get to keep all of their own picks even though they bought at the deadline. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just like that's never a bad thing. And it's like and you know how they have that? It's because they got a lot of draft picks, they drafted well, and then they kept those guys until they needed him. They drafted so well that not only do they get to keep some of their own good prospects, but they got to trade other enticing prospects on top of it. Yeah, exactly. It's just... Uh, I'll, I'll yell about this more Monday if I think <laughs> they've absolutely screwed this up. I just don't know how you can. So Edmonton's apparently interested in Ennis. If you can get a third or a fourth or something out of Ennis, I would love that. Even a fifth, I think, would be... He's cheap enough. I could see there being a bigger market than there should be for a yes. player of his skill set. But... He's still not that good. So no. even if they only get a fourth, then yeah. Well, that's when cool. when they signed him, I was kind of expecting. Well, I didn't realize the market was going to be this heavy. I was kind of expecting a fourth, fifth, or sixth. You know, so Something like, like any anything above a fifth or above, or anything above a fifth is just bonus. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, same with like Hainsey. I think given the market, yeah, you know, I I get you're low on defense, but that's why you don't get rid of Cody Cody Golubov because then now you have to go get assets or sign someone. Maybe they sign Zach Bogosian who got his contract terminated today. I could see that. Just a warm body. Yeah, but... exactly. Because that's all they need. They shouldn't be trying to win right now. No. But like that's why you don't trade away Dylan DeMello. Yeah, and we were saying Ron Hainsey's are available everywhere. You could literally sign Zach Bogosian in the middle of the season to suck on your right side defense. Exactly. He will do the exact same thing. Yeah, and it's like, again, yes, there's going to be a lot of teams competing, and maybe you want to go to a cup contender, but you know how you draw them away from that? Hey, we'll give you double the price of anyone else. Yeah. Like, I... Because we have the space. To yes, exactly. We have the space. Now, maybe <clears throat> Melnick won't want to do that. I don't know. But I just... It's so frustrating, man. And and they don't have any right D that are immediately ready to be good, because they have Zaitsev, who sucks. They have a couple guys in their, their farm system. Jacob Bernard Docker is a very solid right-handed D. Lassie yeah. Thompson looks like another good one. But those guys aren't ready, and they won't be ready next year probably Does either. Branstrom actually play the right side? Uh, Branstrom, he plays, yeah, I, I, he plays a little bit of he's both. he's a lefty, yeah. is he not? He plays a, he's played a little bit of both. I would assume he'd be a lefty going forward, In the NHL. Though, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that, I guess that's my rant on Ottawa, and that just took us to the 42-minute mark, mm-hmm. so we should keep going on some of these trades. Uh, Brendan Dillon got traded. San Jose sent him to the uh, Washington Capitals for a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 conditional third-round pick. Um, I thought this was fine. I mean, Washington's kind of in that state where, you know, they don't really care about assets. They're just kind of going for it. It's going to hurt later. But, but I mean, who cares about later if you're Washington? Yeah, I mean, Dylan's fine. 
Yeah, I, I think it's... He's average. I would hear, like I said, an argument, maybe he's above average, but I don't really have passionate opinions about Dylan DeMello. Brendan Dillon, you mean? Or, yeah, sorry, yeah. Brendan Dillon. I mean, yeah, like his three-year uh, sample has been really good. Yeah, his numbers got a lot better when Eric Carlson showed up. Which, shocker. Is convenient yes. to assume that it's all him. But, but even like, this year, like he's been, he's just been a strong defensive guy, right? So yeah. it's like, and that's fine. Like I think Washington could use that. Jensen hasn't really worked out how they were hoping. No, so yeah, he's a good player. He has some adds some depth in case one of Kempney or Orlov go down. He can at least hang in a top four. Yeah, maybe even might play in the second pair right behind, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think it was a fine deal. I thought for San Jose it was smart. I admit that you're this isn't your season, unfortunately. Yeah, don't hold on to him because you don't want to give up a higher pick to it, Ottawa. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was a smart enough deal for uh, San Jose. You get two uh, pick, and I don't even know what the condition is on the third. I can take a look real quick. Though. Is it re-signs or something like um, that? Condition on the third is condition. If Washington Capitals win the cup, the twenty twenty third rounder becomes a twenty or twenty twenty one third rounder becomes a twenty twenty third rounder. So Arizona's. Oh. So it just changes to this year if they win the cup. So it is the second and a third. That's a pretty good deal yeah. for San Jose. Uh, I thought uh, you know Washington's got their own first to work with still. They have uh, this their own third this year and possibly Arizona's third or their own third next year, I guess. And then if they uh, win the cup this year, they'd have all their picks next year. Or if they don't win the cup, they have all their picks but their third. So, yeah. I don't know. They still have some draft capital to work with. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with the first. I like, Are they a team that goes after Chris Grider? I could see it. Maybe. They're getting old enough. They only have $1 million in deadline cap space, so they'd have to get creative to buy still. But they kept their first-round pick out of this deal, plus most of their picks this year, so they could still take a swing. Maybe if you send someone like Jensen somewhere else, you could free up some more space? Yeah, or you get some retention and then you trade, like, Richard Panic or something. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Um, like, you would have to get creative if you're Washington, but it's not impossible. Yeah. And if they don't uh, make a Kreider trade and they just keep their first, that's good ammo for later, you, even if it's a prospect yeah. next year or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, no, I thought Washington's was, a good, good enough team that I don't hate this. They I mean, a, they've got to be, I think, in your top, in that you know, eight or nine teams that you could see winning the cup this year. I think, yeah, still, so. Washington winning the cup this year isn't preposterous, and no. Dema- or Dylan can, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's fine. Well right? um, Marco Scandella uh, goes to oh, where do you even go? Uh, the St. Louis Blues for a second round pick and a conditional 2021 fourth round pick. Um, I thought Montreal did a very good job on this. Uh, yes. They picked him. Oh up. yeah, this they, was great. They that. picked him up for a fourth round pick, played him for twenty games, and flipped him for a, a second and a conditional fourth. Um, it's like the Kovalchuk light. Yeah, exactly. I, I say they, do, they might they might be able to flip Kovalchuk. Now they've been talking about re-signing him potentially too. I think that would be a I mistake. Would be a mistake. I would yes. Think. Um, well, we'll see what happens. I guess the condition is if Scandella re-signs with St. Louis before October seventh, twenty twenty. Or if St. Louis wins two playoff rounds and he plays in at least half the games, um, it'll be it'll be a fourth. Okay. So if those, if those don't happen, it's just a second. But either way, upgrading from a fourth to a second on Montreal's part is smart. Yeah, it's probably going to be a fourth because St. Louis should you would, make um, the playoffs. No, but they have to make playoffs and win two rounds. Oh, win two rounds, yeah. sorry. Then, so, I mean, yeah. I guess it's here. But I was just saying, it's, it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, they I think they have to be... One of, if not the favorites, to at least make to the conference finals. 
I've been between for me right now it's between them and Colorado probably and like to for to make it to the conference finals yeah. that is right um, yeah you can easily enough see a path for them yeah um, I don't think they're a dominant team or anything but no, they're definitely good but I was say I'd say they're probably slightly better than Dallas or Colorado but like probably. it'd be roughly a fifty fifty series that yeah. you know you give them a little edge but it's also not impossible that they make it through um, yeah I thought this was a fine trade obviously. Uh, Jay Baumeister's probably not, well, isn't coming back this year. I, Which is presumably why they make this trade. Yes, I would assume so. And I mean, you know. I don't think Scandell is very good. He's like, he's average. I don't know. He's been fine this year, but he's not like, he's not going to move the needle for you or anything. But like, Jay Baumeister also wasn't. No, Jay Baumeister was like actively bad. Yeah. At so, this point in his career. So I know he picked it up a little last year when he like finally got healthy again. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think you're decreasing anything. It's a it's a high enough price to pay. Yeah, like this year, Bowmeister was just very yeah. very red, and so I, I think it's probably a slight upgrade. Um, oh I, yeah, upgrade over Bowmeister. Yeah, Bowmeister set the bar low enough that you don't really get no. points for upgrading on him. No, I mean it, it's a it's a high enough cost to pay. They're kind of in that range of like the Washington again, as I said. It's like they just kind of got to be going for it right now. Yeah, like it's not like their window. You know, it's not closing right away, but they have an older team, I think, than people realize. And, and Petter Angelo's up this year for this a due for a contract, so I don't even know what's going to happen with him. But they're either if they re-sign him, they're going to have to shed some salary probably, or if they, you know, if you lose him, that's a big loss. That's a huge loss to this team. Yeah. So he could win the Norris this year. Yes, he, could des- he des- probably deserves the Norris. Yeah. Like he's one of the three guys that probably deserve the Norris this year. So, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was fine. Uh, Montreal. Uh, Again, if I was them, I'd be selling. They're in such a tough spot because it's like, do you want to just be average? And, you know, is your goal to just be the third best team in your division and hopefully win a round or two and sneak to the conference finals every once in a while? Or do you try and build, like, tear it down and rebuild? Yeah, well, it sucks because, like, or it doesn't suck, but them keeping Kovalchuk and whatnot and not committing to selling would be stupid because they need to find a way to get elite talent, and you don't do that by keeping 36-year-old Ilya Kovalchuk. Yes, well, and that's, so it's the same argument with, you know, Thomas Tatar and Jeff Petrie, who are both pretty solid players, right? Um, yeah, they're you, very good yeah, players, like, but... Do you trade them and, you know, accept... Because they want to be... By all counts, they've convinced themselves that this year was just injury luck or whatever, or bad injury luck, right? Which is and hilarious. It's partly... True in terms of, like, they would probably be closer to the playoffs if they didn't suffer a bunch of injuries. But at the same time, like, by closer to the playoffs, I mean they'd probably be right with Florida and Toronto, maybe. Or, you know, in that wild card hunt where they're, like, two points out. And yeah, well, that's, they're, like, eight points back at Toronto, and Toronto's been injured all hell this year anyways. Now, if you don't piss eight points away to the Detroit Red Wings, that they went 0-4 <laughs> again. I don't even... Detroit has 26% of their season wins against Montreal. How is that even possible? That is hilarious. But, yes, um, you know, it's, it's one thing where it's, like, I think if they were healthy, they would probably be a little closer to the playoff race. But, like, yeah. it's just, again, if your peak is sneaking in as the wild card or in the third, just maybe get wrecked in the in the first round. Like, yeah, is that like, really... if your perfect bill of health means you sneak in because the Leafs are injured and Florida gets no goaltending, that's still not good. A good yeah, thing. it's not something you should be aiming for. And, like, they have a couple young, interesting pieces, you know, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, you know, they, they have even. Uh, I know Kakniemi didn't have the year that they wanted him and they uh, to, and they sent him down. But yeah. uh, they have some very, very interesting. Uh, Ryan Poolings, another one. Jake Evans. Like they have some names down there that you know um, might be of note soon. Yeah, uh, the Caden Primo 
Uh, Michael McNiven, I don't know what McNiven's any good anymore, but Caden Primo's supposed to be very good as well. So, uh, you know, Noah, Noah Juleson's all right. I, I don't think he'll be, like, amazing or anything. Kyle Fleury, uh, what's the Russian that they have uh, who played in the World Juniors this year? Oh, Ro- yeah, I know. This Romanov. Guy, the guy who kept getting yeah. compared to Sam Dean. Yeah, Romanov. He, he, they have him as well. So they have uh, a lot of names in the prospect pool, and... The problem is just, like, none of those guys in name stick out to me as, like, elite, elite talent. Like, you probably have a bunch... Like, in the names I mentioned, you definitely have, I think, some top six forwards and maybe a, a pair of top four defensemen. Or at least one top four defenseman, it sounds like. Yeah. But, like, that's not enough to get this team over the hump, I don't think. No, like, they need to find elite hockey players and a just first-round pick for Je- instead of Jeff Petrie gives you a much better shot yeah. at finding an elite player. Exactly. <clears throat> and, like, I, I know that probably kills their chances next year, too, but it's, like, so what, like... You were yeah. going to come 8th to 10th next year anyway. Exactly. So, so it's like, you, you kind of just like, I think you just need to bite the bullet here. I mean, they have a lot of picks to work with too, but yeah. they have three seconds now this year, three fourths this year, two fifths, uh, two thirds next year and two fifths. But I don't know. Like, I think they should be selling hard here. They're also in a spot where, like, Toronto was bad for 10 years and the building was always full. Like, I can't imagine the... Like, Montreal Canadiens are going to be in a financial crisis if they don't make the playoffs no, next year. No, absolutely not. I mean, like, uh, I know their owner wants them to make the playoffs, but I think that's more because he's proud of the team than it is he needs the revenue, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm sure he'd love the revenue. I'm but sure they all would. But when like, I, I don't know what Montreal's net worth is, but when you're worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm sure you're probably fine. Yeah, they um, have to be one of the better I would say they're top five. The sport, yeah. Um, like, other than, like, the Rangers, Toronto. Leafs. They're worth one billion, and that was in twenty fourteen. So it's probably gone up. Um, so like, uh, yeah, it, they're definitely fine. It's not like uh, one point three as of the other year. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in the two spot. What are they? Um, three then? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. probably. Um, yeah, like it's not like you need. Uh, yeah, Montreal's three, so it goes the Rangers, Toronto, Canadians, Blackhawks, Bruins, Kings are sixth right now, or you know they were anyways. Uh, that surprises me. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you have five years with two cups in between your franchise and you're in L.A. Also in L.A. is yeah. big, yeah. Uh, Philly, Detroit, Vancouver, and then Washington were the top ten. So um, that was from a couple years ago. But, yeah, so it's like it's not like you need to be uh, spending. It's not like Vancouver where it's like the owners really want the playoff gear. It's like Ottawa, how Ottawa always is, where it's like the two home playoff gates in a year, possibly four or five, is huge for them. Super meaningful. But, but yeah. yeah, Montreal's not going broke either way. No, so. exactly. Um, okay, we got... One more deal, I guess, to talk about then. One more big, and then a couple small ones. Andre Kashe, 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 Kasha, Kasha. He got traded today for uh, to the Boston Bruins for a first round pick, Axel Anderson, and David Backus. This contract, pretty much. Well, he might be playing. He probably will play. I would him, bet Backus will play. His corpse that is skating around the ice. Yes, is kind of more like it. Um. So I have a couple things on this. One, I think this is an amazing trade for Boston. I love this. For, um, well, as a Leafs fan, I hated it. Yes. But from a Boston perspective, it's great. Uh, Kashe is very underrated, uh, I think, league-wide. But you know what? I'm going to say I think analytics people might overrate him a bit. He has very good numbers, but also I'm interested. He might be he might be what his numbers say, but he also might just not have quite as much scoring talent as like everyone Realizes, yeah, it's a classic dude with amazing right stats. That yeah. I guarantee you, if he plays a full eighty-two games, his points per sixty is going to go down from what it yeah. used to be. Well, in the and past. it's not; it's only over the past four years, it's only like zero point four eight points per game. Yeah, well, it's it's got to be the right stats because yeah. they never played him in Anaheim. Yeah, 
But, like, so it's just, like, it's... It's, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where even, I think, at worst, he turns out to be an average second-line winger, and I think that's a very good deal for Boston anyways. Yeah, like, he's comfortably a top-six forward. Yeah, I had some, I'm in a group chat with a lot of Leafs fans, and they were, lo- like, just losing their mind over how dumb Anaheim was. I was like, yeah, you probably could have got more for this, because he's also cost-controlled 2.6 for one more year. And RFA at the end. Yeah, too. so that's why I think it's a very, very smart deal for Boston. Um, Boston also took 25% of David Backus's cap hit, so they're retaining a little bit. Yeah, it's not like they just dumped the contract completely. They still the Yeah, Backus has one more year, I think, at $3 million or something like that now because of it, or $4 million maybe. Four and a half. Yeah. They took one and a half. Um, but it's, I don't know, like, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I think Anaheim could have done a bit better. I don't think it was this disaster of a trade that everyone's making it sound like for Anaheim. Uh, like, it was bad. I yeah. Like you get a first round pick. I have not. I have no idea who Axel Anderson is. I guess in no, my I defense, I'm sure he's a decent. Yeah, prospect. it sounds like he's kind of like a B slash C level prospect. But bottom you know, six upside is what I. Yeah, read. I would have assumed that you know Anderson and a first would have been what you got for Kashe just without Bacchus's contract. Yeah. Um. So that's where I kind of thought that they should have gotten a little more for. But like, I don't like the people I was in the group chat with were absolutely losing their mind. Like just losing their mind at how dumb Anaheim was. I was like, okay, like. Backus. Relax a little bit here. Like, Bacchus is bad, but, like, I they know he's bad, too. But Bacchus is an interesting case study in that how, like, contract can just warp the perception of a player. Because if Bacchus was making 700 k he's got decent enough defensive results. He's a tough yeah. guy, leadership guy, that people would be like, wow, I really like him and yes. whatnot. Whereas it's just that he's making four and a half minutes. Like, he's not worth his money. No. But, like, he can still play in your bottom six and be yeah, that's Perfectly fine. It's fun. like Anaheim doesn't need that cap space, and they're trying to be bad for the next year or two anyways, so... Yeah, yeah. like, you're happy having David Backus at this current pace in his, your bottom six. You yeah. don't want to pay him that much. Exactly, but when you don't need... When it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? So, like, yeah, I don't I just... I, I think, obviously, like, I can't explain... This is a great trade for Boston, but, like, I don't know they're calling him elite top six guy. I was like, okay, like, chill a little bit here. Like, he has very, very, very good rate, and I love him. Like, he's a great bet to be, like, a first-liner as a guy. Like, it's hard to know who could be a first-liner that has never played on a first line. Yes. He's one of the better bets, maybe the best bet I can think of in the league, but you still kind of can't know that without... No, it's seeing it exactly. It's like it's a it's a, like that's why I said like I love the trade for Boston. I think it's a smart bet. You know, maybe he turns in a first line, but even if he's a second liner, which I think is kind of the floor here, that would be your like your like median projection yes. would be like he's a good great se- yeah. second liner. Even, yeah, like, I think like you're dis you're disappointed, quote unquote, if he's an average second liner. Yeah, he just kind of who's playing with you know their second line that's already kind of solid. Yeah. yeah. But, like, and even that, I think, is still a very fine trade to get rid of a contract, get a first, and get rid of a young prospect, right? Like, but, like, I just, I don't know, like, can we pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, this guy is definitely going to be, like, a top 30 winger or whatever? Like, Yeah, and there are legitimate injury concerns by the sounds of it, He hasn't played 82 games in a year yet. He's missed, I think, eight this year, and that's on pace to be the lowest all his career. Yeah, but he's on IR right now. Yeah, well, he's hurt right now, so Mm -hmm. he hasn't played... More than I think sixty six games in his career, so like the guy's never broken forty points. I don't think it's like, and and some of that is usage, obviously, and yeah. injuries. But like again, let's just pump the brakes a little bit on the he's an elite top line guy or whatever, right? Like yeah, like I, I said, I he could be like yeah, it's a good, it's, it's bet a good to bet. Be it's a great bet. It's an absolute great bet. Um, but I just don't speak in certainties. No, about exactly. It, yeah. It's like and if you're Anaheim, it's like yeah, you probably should be training other people, but. 
I don't really hate getting rid of him. I, I thought they should have got a little more. I thought they should have got another pick or something like that, or a better prospect. It's but. actually kind of amazing. So he's worth this, if not more, but it's kind of amazing they got it from him because Anaheim clearly showed publicly for the past four years that they do not value this player at all. No. They gave him no ice time. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... It's one of those things where it's like... Like, you can't, as a GM, really be like, no, we value this guy to the moon and back when you're playing him for 13 minutes a night. Yeah, and you're you're clearly you've gone through two coaches or whatever now, and neither of them have given him huge ice time. Yeah, like, they clearly didn't value him. I don't know how yeah. you could get a massive return for him. No, I yeah, I don't... Uh, I agree with that, too. I, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like... And he's also just undervalued around the league. Like, yeah. all advanced stats people love him. Which oh, is fair. 100%. Like, I do too. Like, I think he's a great player. I think he's a smart bet. Yeah. But, like, around the league, he just wasn't going to have that much value. Exactly. Right? Now, what would piss me off as an Anaheim fan is my team doesn't value this kind of yeah, player. Well, they don't even have an analytics department. They're one of the only team. I think maybe the only team in the league that doesn't have a confirmed analytics department. Yeah. More than the trade and the return itself, I would be terrified that my team isn't interested in this kind of player. Yeah. That would be the biggest red flag to me. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, for Boston, this gives them some legit scoring threat uh, on the depth. So Boston's, like, always in on a scoring. Yeah, like Marcus Johansson, Charlie Coyle, guys like that. Playing their middle six on the deadline. That's, like, the most Boston trade in the world. They've been doing this for years now. Didn't they get Rick Nash, like, three years yep, ago? Yep, Rick and stuff Nash. Too? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I It's a great trade for Boston. I think uh, Anaheim wasn't great by any means, but, I mean, you got a first-round pick and you desperately need that. Uh, it's yeah, because Anaheim's not good. No, they're bad. They're very bad, <laughs> and they don't have any other extra picks. Yeah, so I mean, they should start selling what they can now. The problem is, I don't know how much they have to sell other than you know some of your defensemen. But yeah, Manson's one, but that's not really a rental. No, not all. I mean, you could probably get a haul for Manson. I would expect, yeah. Even Fowler, I think. Well, maybe not with that contract. I think there might be te- a team that you could convince, though. Yeah, but... he's a weird. He's one of those ones that um, public like Andrew Berkshire's in the past at least has been really high in him hockey people are really high in him but his public numbers aren't really good or aren't good at all so I don't really know what to make of Cam Fowler but you could probably I don't know if they do he's got a modified no trade and stuff like that too but yeah um, yeah I don't know I don't know much more to say on the only thing I have uh, that uh, hopefully no news breaks right as we're done recording it probably will though uh, seems to be a theme here Pavel Franku has signed a two year deal with the Colorado Avalanche uh, worth $2 million, 2.3 mil in year one, and 1.7 mil in year two. Uh, I don't have a ton to say on that. I think it's a fine signing. Good for Frank Hoos. Yeah, he gets some money. Exactly. Um, you know, if you want to look at his numbers this year. He's his, been good this year. Yeah, he's got a 7.94 goal saved above average. So, Yeah, and maybe he is not good. This is just flash in the pan, but it's $2 million. It's a five bet, I, I would say, to make. Yeah, there's not a ton to say about that. Yeah. I know it was rumored that the Avs might be looking for some goaltending depth because Grubauer can't stay healthy, and even Frank Hughes has been down off and on here this year, so it'll be interesting to see who they target. Jimmy Howard would have been named earlier, but he's been atrocious this year. It's so. really too bad. Uh, Detroit, Detroit didn't sell him last year. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, even, I haven't even heard his name. Well, I think he's been hurt for half the year, but yeah. I haven't even heard his name because he's been so. He's got minus seventeen goals saved above average. And he's been the worst player on the worst team in the league, yeah. which doesn't scream trade bait. I don't even know if he has a win yet. Like, 
For the longest yeah. time, he didn't he have did a wing. He did go a really long time, yeah. though. He's really helping the tank, though, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe you just want to keep him if you're Detroit. Yeah, so maybe when they get Lafreniere, yeah. all is forgiven that he was horrific this yeah. year. Craig Anderson is a name that I think people have floated out. Uh, he's not been great either by any means. You'd have to retain to sell Anderson, I would think. Yeah, pro- probably. Minus six goals saved above average. I mean, it would be depth if you just use him as your third goalie. Yeah. But, no. Yeah, have him as your backup in case your starter gets hurt. Yeah, exactly. It's like he has playoffs. He's been good in the playoffs too. I know. I know teams value that as well. But yeah. you know, um, yeah, I'd probably go him. Keith Kincaid is a minus six goal saved above average in six games. I love that. That's impressive. Yeah, but there's, I think there's someone more impressive. I was looking. Uh, let me see. Hope he's Corey Schneider, Schneider minus twelve in nine games played. Oh, it was Calvin Picard. Minus 7.7 in three <laughs> games he has played. And Keith Kincaid, minus 6 and 6. So Picard was the one, though. I was like, how do you have minus 7.5 goals against, like, expected? Like, uh, from in three, average in three, three games. Three games. That Poor is, guy. Yeah. 164 minutes on ice. That's uh, not great, but, yeah. I don't have anything else to add. I don't know if you do. No, not really. Um it's- Fine. The only other trade we didn't cover was Dennis Mulligan for Mason Marchment. I um, really liked this one. That was smart. Uh, Dennis Mulligan said, small but, you know, chippy kind of guy who I, I think that people are chirping Dubas because, oh, this is a Dubas player. He's small and he, you know, he doesn't do anything, but he's one of the most physical players on the Florida Panthers. And he has great. He Everybody gets skeptical whenever, like, a bottom sixer has this, but he has really good defensive results. Yeah. And say, and and I like that for Toronto's bottom six. He played last night against Pittsburgh at Toronto. Dummy Pittsburgh. He looked really good. He was on a line with uh, Tavares and Nylander. So, yeah. but I mean, I thought he looked. He had a lot of energy. He was going out uh, through the body a couple times, but not just aimlessly. They're separating the guy from the puck. Uh, yeah, I think it's fine, especially for Mason Marchman, who is a fringe NHLer at best. Yeah, I see a pat. Like I would bet a substantial amount of money that when this is when their careers are said and done, Dennis Malgin has more war than. Mason March. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the NHL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a good, I think he is he under contract. RFA. Yeah. So you may sign him to a cheap deal if you like him for next year, too, to replace some of the depth if you need to get rid of someone. So, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't I, I thought it was a p- pretty solid trade for Toronto. Um, yeah, he seems like one of those sneaky little trades that the Hurricanes are making forever. And I expected Dubas to be making a lot of them. And, yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's not going to move the needle, obviously, but. No, but I, I just I, don't really have the assets to go make a massive splash. No, even like the top four defensemen, I just I don't really know where that's coming like, from right now. There's been talk about trading Barry. It's like I don't. You're not going to get anything better than Barry back for Barry. I, like what team is taking Barry and giving you a defenseman back? But yeah, because the teams who want Barry for this year, I would think, are trying to win, so they're not trying to give you defensemen off their roster. No, and then like the other alternative was okay. They said, well, maybe we'll give. Uh, the, maybe they'll get assets for Barry and turn around and use those assets to find another f- top four defenseman. But it's like, okay, who's the team acquiring Barry? What assets are you getting? And how do you know that any team that you're trying to get a top four defenseman from would even want those assets that you get? Yeah, like, like maybe you, it was just a draft pick. If like, you manage to get a second for Barry and then turn around and you don't even have a third, but do the Demello trade instead, yeah, you could do something like that. But I don't know. The market's so dead that I don't see an easy way to do that. No, I, I... I hope Dubas makes me wrong, because that would be yeah. nice. Well, it but... sounds like they want something with term, too, which that's going to cost. And I don't know, maybe you know, maybe if you're uh, getting a term defenseman from a bad team, they wouldn't care that Andreas Janssen is pretty much done for the year, because that helps them tank. They but don't need it this year. If it's yeah. a team that, like, it's you're trying to make a hockey trade, quote-unquote, 
I don't know why any team would want to be taking Andreas Janssen, who's hurt right now. Like, unless they no. don't need him. But, like, they're trying to look for the playoffs, too. Which, again, like, I just don't know how many names are out there. You got Minnesota, a couple guys. But, like, I don't, I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. You have to get creative to make an actually big splash with this roster. Yes. I mean, now the other option, I guess, would be, too, if they traded Tyson Berry to someone like Minnesota for a defenseman return, and Minnesota's the team that went and flipped Tyson flipped Berry. Flipped for picks. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, I don't know. That's... It, it, I don't... There's I just some don't, risk in that. Yeah, I, I just don't, don't see that happening. No. I really don't. So, I, yeah, back to the uh, Malgan thing. I thought it was smart. Apparently, it requested a trade out of Florida because he wasn't getting playing time, uh... I don't really see what's in it for Florida. I mean, maybe they just hope Mason Marchman can add stuff to their AHL team and be a call-up when they need it. But Yeah, unless Malgin was, like, actively rebelling against management or something, I couldn't don't... really justify this for Florida. No, uh, not really. I, it's also really weird to see the two teams that are literally in a life-or-death playoff race against each other make a trade, make a trade like that. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think Toronto probably won that one, although it's... Uh, relatively small. But small win, but I'll take it. Yeah, small upside. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got for this week. Yeah, me too. All right, well, we'll be back, I don't know, probably Wednesday, I would assume. Uh, sometime after the trade deadline. Uh, we'll see how much trade, how many trades actually happen. I'm assuming there'll probably be another 10 or 12 to talk about, probably. though. Uh, we went pretty far with this one, and if there's not 10 or 12, it likely means Ottawa didn't trade anyone, so I'll get to <laughs> flip out about that. But... Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what trades you want to see or think you're going to see this week. Uh, quickly before we go, where do you think Chris Kreider goes? Ooh, Colorado. Colorado's a good one. I think Boston might still be another one. Because they, yeah, I could see that. Like, they still have space. Yeah. Boston would be really scary if they could pick up Chris Kreider. Yeah. Because they'd have legit scoring, like three lines of legit scoring, I think, then. but Yeah, they're already scary enough. They had a Kreider. That'd be nice for them. Yeah. Um, do you think there's anyone off the board who, like, we're not really expecting in terms of, like, maybe not even a rental, but, like, do you think... Hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of Pelasti or who would have got moved that, you know, we're like, oh, didn't see that one coming, but... I'm trying to think around the league. It seems like a lot of teams don't want to admit they're bad. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with the parity, you know, like, with the playoff race. Even the Rangers are kind of hanging around there. They weren't even sure they were going to trade trade Kreider. It's like, you're eight points out, just do it. They're like not, they don't appear far out until you actually do the math, and then you're like, oh, their playoff odds are 10% Um, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of guys. I I think Tatar wouldn't count as off the board, right? Even though he's got some term left, so. Maybe someone from Anaheim. I don't know. Manson's getting rumored a lot, like enough now, too, that I don't even know if he's off the board. Yeah. Maybe it is from like a, a player from a team that has been talked about a lot, but you don't really expect. I'm trying to think of who, but, uh, you know, for, like, Connor Brown in Ottawa or something. I don't yeah. think they'll move them, but well, a player like that, They're you know? so desperate to get names out there this year that... Oh, they're just throwing everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, Tim Heed was on the top 20 yeah. deadline list, so... Yeah. yeah, and, like, injured Sammy Vatanen is being linked to the Leafs <laughs> yeah, right now exactly. and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of desperation, that's for sure, but... Uh, all right, thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good week, and we'll see you after the trade deadline. Thank you.